The following contest is scheduled for one fall! I've seen that man before, that's Randy Phil. The other one's some kind of half-man, half-monkey. It's a massive duplex and not one dragon in sight. Ladies and gentlemen, Marks and Shaggers, Snapdragon Duplex back again with another AEW review slash preview. And we are covering... Road Rager this week, covering Road Rager, and we'll be looking forward to Fighter Fest Night 1. So this is episode 29. Mikey's gave us what his thoughts are going to be, so let's hand over to Mikey. How are you, mate? Hello, uh, this is episode 29, Snapdragon Duplex. Oof, one off, the big three zero. Ooh. The exact same as my age, I guess. <laughs> That's sad. Anyway, uh, it's AW's Road Rager 2021. Let's crack into it, man. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. Ah, yes. In a South Beach strap match. So Cody comes out, he kind of dresses the Homelander again, or some kind of fucking circus cunt. I don't know what he's dressed <laughs> as. Um, but, yeah, if it's Homelander, then Cody the cunt confirmed. Still, this is a big moment, right? Because this is like the first time having like a proper live crowd yeah. outside of, you know, uh, Daly's place. Mm-hmm. Where they've been for the past, you know, pandemic. So there's a huge pop when he comes out, and a big chance of Cody, Cody. So yeah, you're right, man. He really is a face over there, but he's a fucking heel to us, right? (laughs) Heel of the show. QT Marshall. He gets the jobber's entrance, obviously, and the jobber's introduction. You know, the introduction you get while the actual important person's music is playing. I mean, QT Marshall's getting booed like fuck. <laughs> so do you think Cody's a tweener? So he's kind of allowed to do everything because, like, he gets the babyface reaction, he gets all the babyface kind of storylines, yeah. he's getting the big American push and all the rest of it. But, like, he's fighting like a heel. He does heel as shit in the match. I I, mm-hmm. I guess it's different in a strap match, like, like a the, uh, match with the stipulations, like a no-DQ, supposed to be kind of violent, then... Baby faces get away with doing like dodgy shit. Even John Cena would use a chair. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah, still. The camera cuts to Jorge Masvidal and Amanda, uh, Amanda Nunez in the crowd, which is a setup for later on. Um, there's a lot of using the strap as a whip in this match, which is to be expected. Mm-hmm. And did you notice they had like a really high frame rate, like a fucking 8K camera? You know the one they use for the new WWE entrances. All right. So they were using that for some of the action shots, and I thought it was a bit jarring just because you're so used to like a normal wrestling camera that when it did that you're like oh fucking hell yeah and it felt a bit hard to keep up with i thought um they did it like for the note notably you had cody's dive at the start and uh the bit where your boy dustin was chasing who the fuck is aaron solo up the stairs <laughs> so yeah i found that quite distracting when they used that camera i mean it's a lovely camera don't get me wrong but it was a bit strange to use it for action shots and not just for like entrances yeah QT gets his wee blade job in. I mean, it's, it's a fucking... Have the roads really wrestled if no one's bleeding? <laughs> um, Cody's punishing him, and then the lights go out. And The Undertaker <laughs> is nowhere to be seen. Lights come back on, all forgotten. More on that later. Uh, Cody hits three of the corners. QT pulls him back, spits in his face. You know, good lad, COVID be fucked. And Cody hits three crossroads on him, no less than three, and then hits all four corners and wins. I actually find this quite entertaining, man. Um, hopefully the end of the feud, though. How do you feel about QT Marshall losing the feud? Because I know you're a fan. Yeah. Um, 
For me, it's a shame. I think he was definitely used as a way to get Cody over. And to be fair, Cody needs that because he's a young up-and-comer and <laughs> no one really knows who he is. And to be honest, it's 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 a good job that like these veterans can come in and like put him over. Yeah, so fucking Cody wins. Goes clean over QT. A bit of fuckery, outside involvement, all that carry on. QT winning the feud. That's the way it should have went, I think. Because I don't know what he's going to fucking do next. Is there anywhere for him to go? I liked the feud. It done what it was supposed to do. And I think that that was get the Nightmare Factory guys more time on TV. And I don't know if this was just timed so that it would all finish as they were going on the road. So that they would give their other guys that are on more higher paying contracts, give them more TV time. Whereas they were getting more of a break and you were getting like Pac who wasn't there every week for travel restrictions. Anybody else like that was on like their schedules. So maybe they brushed this up. They've got the um the people at the Nightmare Factory or the factory, the trainees, they've got them like back in there training and they'll give them a call up later. The way that I thought if you was going, they were going to be building people up like Anthony Agogo, Nick Comorato and um Aaron Solo. So Anthony Ogogo is the one that got the fucking big pay-per-view match, the UK boxer, and he fucking went out injured right after that match. That is absolutely mental. The one guy that they give the pay-per-view match, the QT never even got a fucking pay-per-view match. He got two Wednesday night specials, both of their matches, the last one he had with Cody and this one, both fucking brilliant. I say brilliant, but I really enjoyed it. Maybe it wasn't a fucking masterpiece, right? But I liked it, it was cool. The feuds ended... Well, the feud has ended well, fucking know it's ended because we're going to get on to fucking what's happening later. But as for this, I hope fucking QT gets more TV time. He's earned it. And I'm happy to see what's next for Cody. That'll be cool. After the match, we had a backstage promo with Sean Spear just talking absolute trash about Sammy Guevara. I didn't even really take in what he was saying. I don't know if he was like, I didn't use a chair, I didn't get involved in MJF, beat you fair and square. But the Spanish god Sammy Guevara wasn't having any of that and fucking hit the chairman with a chair, of all things. So it's not over. So stay tuned for more Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. I want to know what the final match is going to be. So now we're into Kenny Omega and Starfish Island himself, Don Callis. Um, I saw someone online say that Kenny's beard is literally an Omega symbol. Ah, yeah. But if you ask me, he still needs to shave those sideburns. <laughs> um, this smarky crowd are cheering him like fuck, even though he's supposed to be the biggest heel in the company. Crowd are hitting Starfish Dawn with a You Got Fired chant, and he replies with, Real men don't quit, they get fired, which I thought was pretty cool. Yes. I and mean, that's kind of how it is with wrestling, isn't it? People getting sacked. It's, like, oh, it's almost <laughs> a rite of passage, really. If you've never been sacked anywhere, then have you really been a wrestler? <laughs> Don's saying there's no one else for them to beat. The crowd start chanting, we want Hangman. And he goes like, well, let me tell you what you really want, which was such a Vince, you don't like what you think you like. <laughs> you like what I tell you to like. So I like that. And then the Dark Order out, uh, Evil Uno starts calling the crowd hot and asking why they're ignoring Adam Page. The crowd start chanting, cowboy shit. Man, it's good, isn't it? Uh, crowds, the crowds throwing them all off. I guess it's going to take a bit for them to settle back into all this like touring crowds and stuff. Yeah. Um, Kenny hits Evil Uno with a what's the capital of Thailand crack? You know like that <laughs> primary five. How do you get away with punching your mate in the boz? Um, 
Hangman out for the save, battles the Good Brothers, battles Michael Nakazawa, and then faces off with Kenny, who fucking runs away. So I really like this segment. Um, it was great having the crowds for it. You forget how smarky the AW crowd are, but they're just fucking great, aren't they, man? It's just a bunch of fucking hardcores, yeah. and I'm here for it. What about you? Yeah, mate, fucking it's good to have a good crowd again. Real reactions, stuff you can't control, like the fucking the jumping. When's that last week? Is that this week? I will find out. They get jumped. It was just good. Hangman, Adam Page coming out with a save and they teases that buckshot lariat. That just gave me chills. And I think that's going to be like a teaser for how the match could end. Goes for a buckshot, chokes up on it and Kenny hits him with a fucking one-winged angel somehow. I wonder if the Dark Order could get involved in the title match and that costs Adam Page. Love the Dark Order, everything they do. I need to see more of them. They're off being the elite now, by the way. You need to go over to fucking Sammy's vlog to get the Dark Order stuff. So whatever AEW is doing is working because it's getting me invested. And Adam Page is also with them on Sammy's vlog. And there's a bit of tension between fucking Hangman and Sammy. It was cool. I might play into something like much later down the line. But yeah, I fucking liked all of this stuff. It was good. So JR has his sit-down interview with... All ego, Ethan Page and Darby Allen. I wasn't paying that much attention during this, but after seeing stuff online and listening to other podcasts and stuff, they were heavily playing off um, where they used to fight each other and all the fights they've had throughout the career and how much fucking Ethan Page wants to kill Darby Allen, apparently. Still don't understand why. They probably told me during this, but... The thing is, these two fucking fought all the way back and Evolve, and apparently during this interview, they were making an effort not to say where they had fought. From what I've heard, I don't know if it is true. It probably is, because people do their research better than me. But Evolve is the feeder for NXT now at this point, so whenever WWE want to go actually get people that are wrestlers and not other former athletes of something... They look at Evolve. I think they look at PWG as well, but I'm not even sure if they're still going. Somebody will let me know. But yeah, these two fought in Evolve, but they didn't mention Evolve because that's the feeder for WWE or NXT. And they're going to fuck each other up in a coffin match this week. Wednesday coming? Wednesday 14th? I'm excited for it. That'll be cool. I'll cover it at the end. After the interview, we got our six-man tag team match. Inner Circle's Jake Hager... Santana and Ortiz with their da Conan taking on the Pinnacles Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood and Wardlow with their da Tully Blanchard and yeah I fucking I really liked this match it was a fun match it was cool it was a nice six man tag there wasn't anything too fancy but Santana is looking fucking shredded compared to the last time I seen him for what I remember because the blood and guts he was all a uh, geared up in the prison outfit and then at the stadium stampede I think he had football colours on or American football had their colours on did he? what were they wearing? fuck knows yeah fucking good match never seen the crowd go so fucking wild in a good way for the inner circle usually they've been fucking getting booed and that but now their face now we've got a crowd and the crowd loved them I've never seen Jake Hager ever get a positive reaction like that they went fucking wild when he got hot tagged in fucking we'll get to the end of the match we're skipping we'll get to the end Wardlow and Hager are in the ring 
Jake Hager looked as though he was ready to fucking have Wardlow tapping out or he had the pin, something along those lines and then fucking Tilly Blanchard distracts the referee and FTR connect with the big rig and Wardlow picks up the pin on Jake Hager, one, two, three. I like the match, it's fucking good. Mikey, tell me you like this match. Yeah, so my thoughts on the pinnacle versus the inner circle. I thought it was a pretty solid tag team match. I had a lot of shithousery from the pinnacle cunts as well. Yep. FTR ringing the bell, trying to call it disqualification. <laughs> I guess, I mean, my big question is, why does Jake Hager wrestle in jeans and a hooded vest? I mean, he's supposed to be like a legit MMA dude, isn't he? And yeah. he's a fucking all-American wrestling <laughs> fucking mutant freak anyway. Big farm boy. Get him in fucking some proper gear. Like, put him in the MMA shorts he was wearing before. Yeah. Give him MMA gloves. Give him like a fucking hide and right look. Why not? <laughs> anyway. We get a distraction from Tully. Jake Hager gets scalped with a big rig. Wardlow pins him for the win. So yeah, it was solid. Solid match. It was fucking good. And then we get this promo, and it's um the Good Brothers. So we're getting Carl Anderson versus John Moxley for the IWGP yes. title at Fighter Fest. And I'm gonna take a stab in the dark and say that you're buzzing for this. Buzzing. I kind of am as well. Um, they both hit us with a. Beat up John Cena! <laughs> kind of crack, but they say John Moxley. Um, it just makes me miss when these guys were with AJ Styles, man. That was so good. Yeah. AJ Styles, John Cena feud was fucking phenomenal, wasn't it? Yeah. No pun intended. Of course I'm buzzing. Carol Anderson, John Moxley, Fighter Fest Night 1, IWGP title. It's going to be fucking lit. Moving on for that, we had the MGF, Jericho... We had more, more fucking inner circle, pinnacle, more of that. I'm not going to fucking get too much into the fan storming the ring. I think it was a work. Come hate on me elsewhere and I'll tell you why it's a work. MGF's still just hitting out with the whole fucking I'm better than you and all of that shit. So MGF is saying, Chris Jericho, your stipulation when you when John Moxley wanted you was you need to fight all the inner circle and that's what you're getting if you want to fight me. Chris Jericho, you need to fight all of the pinnacle, all with different stipulations. So it's going to be a case of four matches, four stipulations, wins them, then it gets MJF, and no doubt MJF is going to be the one to choose the stipulation for their match, and it's going to be something fucking shite, in it? But Jericho accepts, and it's fucking happening. So, Mikey, what are your thoughts on it happening? Yeah, MJF... Chris Jericho face-off, ah, you were pretty much spot on here, Shaga. Jericho has to fight every member of the Pinnacle to get MJF, and then Chris Jericho hit him with the softest Judas effect ever, and MJF <laughs> died in the middle of the ring. Ah, silly bollocks. I mean, I'm quite looking forward to him fighting every single member of the Pinnacle one-on-one. Yeah. And it'd be a good way to showcase and put over every member of the Pinnacle, because I think a lot of them are kind of falling by the wayside. Well, not falling by the wayside, but like, is Sean Spears won a match in like... <laughs> was since COVID do you know what I mean I know I, I can't remember it'll be good to see the FTR guys go on their own as well and Wardlow versus oh, Jericho Wardlow. should be a fucking banger so yes I'm here for it I am here for it I hope he has to fight Tully as well that'll be funny <laughs> and that brings us to Matt Seidel versus Andrade El Idolo Idolo so Andrade's entering with like a really cool like black lucha mask it's just like basically like a gimp mask without any zips or anything and he comes in with that takes it off it's cool as fuck 
cool as fuck. Andrade was the star in this match. He was fucking, there was chants of Idolo, Idolo. He hits a three amigos and the crowd start chanting for Eddie Guerrero, which, oh, man, always breaks my heart, man. Yeah. Andrade hits a reverse hammerlock DDT. So, we both called out Idolo to win his first match. Presumably, he's in the rankings now because Matt Seidel was number five ranked. Was so, he? good win, big win. Big win. See how it goes. What do you make of it? I make that I did not realise that fucking Matt Seidel was in the top five rankings. I know that Andrade's not in there now because I just looked at them before I started recording and I wasn't even fucking blown away by the rankings this week. I'm no, like, in any division, I'm no fucking overly chuffed with it. But, yeah, fucking really good match. Andrade's gimp gear, it was, I think it was a fucking DC villain or a Batman villain specifically. Skull, Black Skull, something like that, I can't mind. Really good match. I just think that Andrade's first match was ruined, and it was a shame because it was fucking quite good. I enjoyed it. This isn't what the night will be remembered for. We'll get to it, and that's all I can say about it is it's a damn shame. So we're just going to fucking skim over that now anyway. We get announced fucking Matt Hardy versus Christian for next week, Fighter Fest Part 1. I think this might be like the first time these two have actually fought against each other on TV one-on-one. But I can't remember. Somebody fucking let me know. Let me know so that I don't make an arse of myself again. Tony Schiavone was interviewing the enforcer, Arn Anderson. But I don't even get what Arn Anderson was wanting to say to start off with. Did they literally just get like, oh my god, these fans are awesome. And then another blackout. Oh, sorry. Let me do the air quotes. Another blackout. Lights go off, lights come on, and you're right, it's not The Undertaker. It is, it's fucking, what's his name? Malachi Black, not Alistair Black, and not Tommy End. He's here, he's signed with AEW, a big fucking shock. So he got his 30 days, kept it quiet, fucking really good job keeping it quiet. He did upload a video on Twitter, I think it was Twitter, but I missed it anyway, I didn't watch it because I thought, why am I going to watch this, I couldn't go to shop for ages. But no, 30 days, he's here, he's in AEW, and he's fucking picking a fight with Big Arn Anderson, hits a black mass on him, knocks him out, and that's his first boy down. Nah, of course not, it's fucking Cody Rhodes in it. Cody, Gini sell all the big matches. And this is why, like fucking five minutes ago, you had Andrade fighting a really good match, win it, and it's just been overshadowed by fucking Malachi Black showing up who's looking fucking good, and you need to go check out that promo that he'd done on his Twitter or whatever it was for his own account. It's He's pretty much talking to a psych doctor about what he went through in WWE, getting his face smashed into the steps, and the doctor's just like, nah, mate, you imagined it all, it's bullshit. It's good. So fucking Malachi Black kicks Arn Anderson, puts him down, Cody Rhodes comes out, they have a standoff, Malachi Black all in black, and Cody the God all in white. And they have a wee fucking standoff, a wee face-off. And then Malachi Black hits Cody Rhodes with a black mass. So that is Cody's plans, we suspect, moving forward. And I'm cool with that. It'll be really good to see these two fucking scrap. Digging back in the archives now. Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo, the names now, they were fucking having a right good feud years back down in NXT for the NXT title as Alistair Black and Andrade... But Selena Vega was involved in it as well, and she was Andrade's manager at the time, but she was also Alistair Black's husband, but that wasn't, like, fucking storyline-related, that was real-life-related. That was cool. They all had fucking amazing chemistry together. 
I thought it'd be good to recreate that here, but they can't because fucking Zelina Vega is now re-signed to WWE, which is absolutely mental because she was let go fucking a long time back, and I think it was to do with her Twitch and all her streaming stuff and cameo appearances because she was getting so much money for that, she didn't want to leave it. Now she's back with WWE, and I think they're still on this fucking Twitch ban, but they've now letting people do cameos. It's weird. It's a whole fucking thing. But yes, Malachi Black's here, and it's going to be fucking awesome seeing him scrapping with Cody. What do you think, Mikey? Right, so we've got Tony the Shagger with Arn Anderson. So, Tommy End slash Alistair Black slash Malachi Black is here. That's the guy. And the reason I say all those names is because the commentary team didn't have a fucking clue what to call them. <laughs> Surely, you, surely you preempt this a wee bit. You know, at least you go like, look, Tommy ends here. We're calling him Malachi Black, right? Yeah. So they both know what to shout when they say that's Malachi Black. <laughs> but at first, you can tell they're wanting to say Alistair Black, and they're like, that's not his name. So they don't say anything about his name. They're like, oh, look who it is. It's that dude that everyone knows, you know the dude, you know the one. The guy. The spooky guy, you know. Coffin, he does the bug fucking spinny kick. You know the one, you know the one. And then um, Excalibur starts going about, it's Tommy End, I've fought that man loads of times. And then you can tell they get in the earpiece like, don't fucking call him Tommy End, you stupid <laughs> cunt. And they start doing the whole, it's Malachi Black, it's Malachi Black. Like, get this fucking rehearsed, man. Yeah. Anyway. Great introduction for him, man. The light's going out, and it's the Undertaker... Sorry, Malachi Black here. And Arn and Cody, he fucking hits them both with Black Mass. Oh, it's class. It's just one of my favourite finishes ever, man. It just looks fucking sick. Yes. Anyway, Alistair Black, right, should have been 30 days into his 90-day non-compete clause in his contract with WWE. Now, he got out of it after 30 days... Because when you're in NXT, you get a 30-day non-compete, 30 days. Mm -hmm. Now, when he moved up to the main roster, there was some clerical issue, bureaucratic nonsense, and they (laughs) never updated his NXT contract about the non-compete clause. So someone's getting sacked at WWE, (laughs) or as I like to say, it's another Tuesday, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah... That's quite funny, and it's worked out in his favour, and do you know what, it's just great seeing WWE get fucked over. No offence, Vince, I still love you. Yeah, the fucking rumour was that they thought, WWE thought it was Buddy Murphy's contract that was fucked up to start with, so WWE contacted Buddy Murphy trying to re-offer him a contract to sack him, or something absolutely daft like that. But nah, they fucked it, it was fucking Alistair Black all along, get it up them. We move on and we've got our mixed tag team match for the night. Half decent match. Every it was just fucking TV time to get everybody in, wasn't it? Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander. Not sure what the script with the blade and the bunny is though. If they're trying to get them on a bit more, if it's just for pushing the uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander as a mixed tag, but decent match. Your usual fucking carry on. Wrong people being involved in the match at the times and referee kind of keep up and. Neither can I fucking half the time. Fucking good spots in the match was um, the Blade getting frisked at the start of the match. She finds the fucking Nux. The ref, Miss Aubrey Edwards, whatever her name is. She finds the Nux, takes them off him. Towards the end of the match, the Bunny finds the Nux, passes him off to the Blade. He hits Orange Cassidy. And then when his back's turned and he's returning the Nux, Chris Statlander tags herself in. 
the blade goes to fucking flex and do the pin, the Jericho flex. And the ref fucking says, well, what you doing, you dick? Wrong person's in here. Chris Statlander fucking sneaks up, throws the blade out the ring, gets the bunny. Chris Statlander hits the Big Bang Theory on the bunny, gets the pin. And everybody just kind of goes home fucking without a hassle. No shenanigans. What the fuck? Where's my shenanigans, Mikey? Now, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to get fucking too much into the match, but what's the script with the fucking gimmicks of the Butcher, the Blade and the Bunny now? That they're with the Hardy family organisation, or what the fuck he's called, HFO. AW are, like, pretty good for, um, committing to a gimmick. See if it's not working, they don't fucking drop it straight away, unless it's really not working. But they'll, they'll try and persevere with it, and I want to know what the fucking... What's the gimmick with the butch blade and the bunny? What's the gimmick? What is it? I'm not getting it. He's coming out in fucking leather gear. He's like a better version of my man Luther and his boy fucking Serpentico. Give me they two. But I want to know what the fucking script with the butcher, the blade, the bunny and HFO is. Just, just explain something. I don't even know what it is I want explained. Just give them more direction than this. I don't feel as if they're doing anything. They're just going to be in Hardy's faction and we're just going to forget all about the HFO, because they're not fucking doing anything, Hardy is doing nothing with them, he had the good stuff with the private party, then he got TH2 in and fucking paid them off to bat or somebody, now he's got the Butcher and Blade, it's like, he's collecting tag teams, I know we said he's a fucking boy collector, but he's getting tag teams, I mean I know he's a fucking tag team specialist, that was the whole him teaming with private party, get him some fucking single guys in there, some single ladies, but fucking Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander win, what are your thoughts on it Mikey? Alright mate, Here's my highlights of the Bunny and the Blade versus Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy. So we've got OC doing the orange kicks to the Bunny and then does the same to the Blade. Um, seems like the rules are the same as the WWE intergender matches. You know, if there's a tag, then both people swap out. Yep. So it's always men versus men and women versus women. Um, Chris Statlander hits the Blade with an Area 451 splash, which fucking looked amazing, by the way. Yes. And the announcers called Bunny... Alley, and then correct themselves very fast to call it Bunny. Been a fucking shitemare for names on this card, isn't it? Yeah. Because your fucking John Moxley didn't come out, it would be like, <laughs> here comes Dean, Dean Ambrose, calling uh, Doc Gallows. What was Doc Gallows' name again? In Look. fucking. Oh, shit, was it? You know the one I mean, when he was the big fucking. Fe- dead cunt. Festus. He's a deliverance goofy cunt. <laughs> doesn't matter. The joke's gone. I'm sure Andy knows. Bestest. Chris Statlander wins the whole thing with a Big Bang Theory after Orange Cassidy takes a brass knuckle to the puss. Started slow this match, didn't it? But it picked up to be pretty fucking entertaining. I mean, it's hard not to be entertaining when you got the likes of who we've got in this match. Mm. And there was no geese screeching, so... <laughs> 10 out of 10. Fucking 10 out of 10. So the next thing of the night we had... So it was a weird segment with American Top Team. I actually really liked this, right? But I don't know if it's just because I'm a UFC fan, you know what I mean? But um Dan Lambert, who's the head of American Top Team, <clears throat> who are one of the well, the one of the fucking gyms to work with the UFC, right? So he's in the crowd, he's got Jorge Malv Masvidal with him and he's got Amanda Nunez. And Dan Lambert starts cutting a promo which is actually a fucking brilliant promo. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trashing AW he's saying it sucks. The K is completely smashed mate, as soon as you leave your ringside seats and walk straight into the <laughs> ring without any resistance from the security, 
now we know that you're supposed to be here, do you know what I mean? So he starts putting Dustin Poirier over McGregor and the crowd boo, which I thought was quite surprising because, you know, we're in Florida and, I mean, Dustin Poirier's the all-American boy, you know what I mean? Hmm. Anyway, Dustin won. Fuck you, McGregor. <laughs> um, I didn't know that Miami was known for this Irish contingency, but there, here we go. Lance Archer's out, decks Dan Lambert, and then hits him with a blackout, and holy fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed he took it. Yeah, I mean, some big bumps, fucking bump, you know what I mean? But anyway, the best part was when they cut to Amanda Nunez and Masvidal outside doing nothing about it but laugh. <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs> Would you make all this shit, man? Yeah, it was fucking good. I liked it. I'm, I'm cool with that. It was. It didn't take fucking too much time. It got fucking AEW involved with uh, UFC for a bit, so they've got a wee rub. You never know what might fucking transpire there. They've got like Jake Hager with the fucking Bellator. You might get a fucking Jake Hager and a UFC boy crossover in AEW in that fucking horrible octagon again. But you'll love it, no doubt. Right, it's on to the fucking main event time. AEW tag team belts on the line in a street fight. The Young Bucks, the champions, taking on the challengers Penta El Zero Miedo and Eddie Kingston. Street fight rules, there are no fucking rules. So for the kickoff, you get Michael Nakazawa getting involved and very quickly getting disposed of after a miscommunication. He got fucking he got his invite to the super kick party and was wiped out. Eddie Kingston and Penta get the upper hand, they're fucking in control of the match. You're getting all your weapons, you're getting the trash can lid to the balls of Nick Jackson, you're getting tables brought into the ring. Something fucked up by Eddie Kingston's table. I don't know what happened, but he didn't get it set up correctly, I think. So you got everybody fucking gathered in the corner of the ring at the turnbuckle having an ostromage. Eddie Kingston is trying to superplex Matt Jackson, I think, which should be through the table inside the ring, but it's inverted in commentary. Like, should the referee get the fucking table out of there before some cunt gets impaled? Like, yeah, fucking probably should. But before any decision is made, Eddie Kingston gets fucking powerbombed on the upside down part of the table. It looked as though his arm fucking clipped the table leg. I would not want to have taken that, but I think they were just at a spot of, he should have went through that table, and then immediately after it, I think Pentagon hits Matt Jackson with a Canadian destroyer through the table on the outside, and it looked fucking awesome. But I think it should have been one table spot, second table spot, and they fucked it, but that doesn't matter because it was still fucking really good. Eddie Kingston has got Matt Jackson in a rear naked chokehold. He's got a fucking good lock-in chokehold. You think Matt Jackson's about and Matt Jackson is about to tap. Nick Jackson is on the top rope and he sees Matt is in trouble. Eddie is not going to let go of this fucking hold no matter what. So what do you do? You're part of the elite, you're all elite, you're being elite. You hit the fucking referee. Take the referee out. That's all you need to do. You can't lose the match if there's no referee to lose the match. Nick Jackson, 450 splashes that motherfucker into next week. Matt Jackson taps. So, very good call. Very good call. Matt Jackson taps. That should have been end of the match. You should have had no AEW World Tag Team Champions. Championships. Eddie Kingston and Penta. But the referee's wiped out. And I don't know why the fucking good brothers decide to make their way to the ring, but they do. 
they could have came down at any point. Fuck knows why they wanted to go through all this carry on me a big fuck off match. Good Brothers come out and fucking game over for there, innit? But it's not fucking Frankie the Elite Hunter Kazarian shows up. He fucking evens the odds a wee bit. Brandon Cutler gets involved. He gets fucked off. Eddie and Penta are still fucking in with a fair old shout, but the Young Bucks just fucking end up getting the upper hand. They do some real dirty heel shit during the match, and it was cool. They threw thumbtacks at the eye of Penta. They super kicked Eddie Kingston, and then Eddie's just like on his knees, helpless, and they take the fucking thumbtacks, and it looks like they rake his head with it, and then they put it in his mouth, then they give him another super kick with the tacks in his mouth. It is disgusting, but the Young Bucks fucking won it. One, two, three. Still tag team champions, and fucking beating Eddie Kingston and Penta at their own game in a street fight. Absolutely loved the match. Loved the show overall. I forgot about everything in the show apart from the debut of Malachi Black. And I had to go back and give everyone a fucking second watch again, but fucking good show. I didn't think that I liked it, but yeah, fucking really good show. What did you just think, Mikey? Aye, man. So, the main event, <laughs> Young Bucks versus Penta and Eddie, and it's been made a street fight last minute? I mean, I didn't know it was a street fight until it started, so I'm guessing last minute. Yeah. Um, the Bucks come out dressed like a couple of fucking pirates <laughs> slash John Cena, mate. John Cena marks. Uh, they've got Air Jordan 1 crimson tints on. These are nice shoes. I mean, these aren't like your limited edition pairs. You could buy these yourself online for like 80 quid or whatever. So like, they're not quite bastards this time. <laughs> My biggest highlight of the match, right? You've got Eddie putting a rear naked chokehold on yes. Matt Jackson, who starts tapping out, and then Nick Jackson does a 450 splash onto the referee. It's the elite move. You know, not just a splash. Doesn't just hit him <laughs> with the spray or whatever. He does a fucking full-blown 450 on his back. Yeah, fucking so amazing. Why would you flip instead of just doing an elbow drop? But anyway... Um, your boy Mankey Frankie is out, uh, puts Brandon Cutler through a table mm-hmm. in a spot it looks so sore, man. So, like, he kind of power bombs into the table, slams into the table, sorry, um, but it's over the bit where the leg is. Yes. He doesn't put him through the middle of the table like you're supposed to to soften the, the, the bump. He put him through the fucking leg. So, that would have be been fucking sore. Oh, yes. <sighs> Fuck that. Um, Penta hits his lovely tucked pile driver, and Eddie hits an elbow, and then you get a count of five. You know he's sitting there pinning them. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Ref comes flying in, kick out, and then we get our fucking favourite spot. Our favourite spot, thumbtacks, right? Thumbtacks. Thumbtacks. Maybe Lego's my favourite spot because it's fucking ridiculously stupid, but thumbtacks. Oh, it's just gross, isn't it? Yeah. Um, horrible, Frankie's horrible. about... It just goes fucking mental, doesn't it? Nick Jackson doing cartwheels in a ring full of fucking thumbtacks. What a nutcase. <laughs> um, the top rope hurricanrana to Penta, who lands in the tacks. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah. Anyway, Nick scoops up the tacks, launches it at Penta's face. Silly bollocks. Um, then they put tacks in Eddie Kingston's mouth. Disgusting. Oh, why would you close your mouth? Yeah. Why would you close your mouth if someone put that? Anyway. And then they super kick him in the mouth that's full of thumbtacks for the win. Um, You know what, man? I fucking love 
I love this kind of shit. I don't know why. <laughs> it's trash. It's stupid. It's very indie rific. But I really liked it. Yeah, I really it was liked good. it. It was good. Yeah, fucking there's your there's your recap of the main event. Fucking good show. I enjoyed the show. So what have we got fucking coming up for us next time, Mikey? Right. Biter Fest predictions. So night one we have Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks for the FTW belt. Brian Cage. My prediction is Brian Cage oh. wins. Now, I don't know what happens with the belt after he wins, but I feel like he wins and he throws the belt in Taz's face and he leaves Team Taz. Ooh. What do you think? Um, he takes the belt and he leaves Team Taz taking the belt with him. Ethan Page versus Darby Allen. I'm taking Ethan Page in this one. Just got a feeling. I've just got a feeling they're going to kind of put Darby Allen down or give him a bit of fucking time off or something, let him recoup and then come back a bit stronger and away from the title better. I don't know. I just feel like... I feel like... I mean, Undertaker always lost the casket matches, right? So, like, I feel like this is going to be the same for Darby and his coffin match, which is the exact same thing as a casket match. No matter what JR tells you, this is not the first ever coffin match because a coffin and a casket are the same thing. Anyway, who are you taking? I've got Ethan Page. I was going to take Ethan Page, but... I, I think they're fucking high on Darby. If he's not injured... Don't fucking rest them now that you're back travelling on the road again. Don't fucking... I don't think they'll write anybody off TV for any time in this match. It's just going to be... Like... I think... Coffin matches... You just came back the next night, wasn't it? It was like a buried alive and you were gone. Or a casket match or a coffin match. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. A coffin and a casket can be the same. A casket's kitted out. It's fucking lush right you've got your big mattress all your padding a coffin is just like fucking wood and dirt in the ground right I think they're different I wonder if fucking that's it you know you get put in the coffin then buried in that the ultimate buried alive aye fucking give me Darby it's John Moxley versus Machine Gun Carl Anderson yes for the IWGP US title John Moxley's going to retain and the reason I think he's going to retain is because I think he's going to drop it to someone on New Japan's roster and then they'll get the belt back properly. Do you know what I mean? I don't think he's going to drop it to Carl Anderson because they'll have to... They like long title reigns in New Japan and they like it to mean something when when someone loses the belt and there's no build-up for this match. There's not... I know they're kind of feuding, but like Moxie's been out for a bit and yeah, he's keeping the belt. He's coming back after doing paternity leave and he's going to come back on a big win. What do you reckon? Yeah, man, I was, I was convinced Carol Anderson was going to get it until you just started speaking and talked me out of it. But I think Carol Anderson is signed to New Japan as well as Impact. I don't know how it works, but I think he might have a fucking one of the deals where he is the forbidden door. And I think he was like really fucking well liked over in New Japan, or really hated being part of the Bullet Club, but. Either way, it was over. So I think him going back with the belt, if he can do the regular trips, because I don't think Moxley will be fucking wanting to do it anymore. Maybe he will. Maybe he fucking will retain and he'll keep doing it. But right now, my money's on Carol Anderson because I just think he wants to do the fucking New Japan route now that he's going through his fucking divorce again. He wants to get another hot Asian wife. Here we go. It's the battle of the bad brothers. We've got... Christian Cage oh. versus Matt Hardy. <laughs> it's got to be Christian. 
right? I mean, he's outworking everyone. I think that's going to carry on for a while. Well, yeah. I have a theory, though, that oh. he's going to re-break Matt Hardy. I'm going to get a slow build of Matt Hardy fucking slowly being broken again while trying to run his empire, and it's going to be fucking fantastic. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, Tony Montana, Matt Hardy. Is that what you're thinking? What am I thinking? I think Matt Hardy could win. Nah. Christian will win and fucking the Jungle Express will be there to back him up if Matt Hardy's got the fucking CF or HFO, whatever the fuck he is. Christian, he win. Finally, we've got Penelope Ford versus Yuka Sakazaki. No idea. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. I'll take Yuka Sakazaki just for the crack. What about you? Uh, Penelope Ford, if that is the one that I'm thinking, if that's fucking Kip Sabian's missus that's not there, I think she'll win and you could maybe get another bit of the Miro interrupting her after a win or something. Ah, yeah, that could that would be... Aye, get Miro in front of a fucking live crowd to do it. That's it. Penelope Ford to win, Miro to show up and then maybe Kip Sabian to fucking show up in the Titantron or something. The big screen. Unless I've totally buzzed up and I'm thinking of the wrong person. Penelope Ford. Right, so night two of Fighter Fest. We only have one match announced so far, I believe. Uh, happy to be fucking proven wrong there. Um, <laughs> Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose for the AEW Women's Championship. And if you think that Nyla Rose is going to win, I've got a fucking bridge to sell you, because fuck me, of course it's going to be your girl, Britt Baker. <laughs> and I think she's going to turn tweener slash face here uh, I just can see her staying as a fan favourite still being a twat but like everyone loves her yeah we'll probably fucking hear more about that next week but so far yeah it would be a bit fucking Britt Baker wouldn't it and give her a turn or something get her a bit of, a bit on the baby face side now and that's me for another week thanks nice. very much Randy for putting this together Thanks for all you sweaty marks and beautiful listeners out there. Love you. This has been fun. I've enjoyed it. It was a good week of dynamite. I can't fucking lie. Not many negatives at all. Mostly positives. Got both thumbs up. You can't see, but you can feel it in your heart. You can feel it in my voice. Love you all. Mikey Mac, oot. Mikey Mac, oot. Thank you very much, Mikey. You heard it there. Two thumbs up from the monkey man. I'll get another fucking two thumbs up because it was a good show, but all I'm going to remember is the Malachi Black. And I say that's all MD will remember, but it probably won't. People will remember a lot. That's all I'm going to remember. Tommy End is here, and he's going to take on fucking Cody. But yes, thanks for fucking joining us again. Marks and Shaggers, it's been a treat. Let us know all your thoughts. Get us on Twitter at Dragon Duplex, Instagram, Snap Dragon Duplex. Just save yourself your hassle, go over to Linktree and just get us at Snapdragon Duplex. Go fucking listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the podcasts. Thank you and we'll speak to you again next week.